take two men that happen to be cousins who share a common codependency on movies, put them in a room, and tell them to talk about anything film-related. The result? A corpulent cornucopia of cinematic scrutiny we call The Finleys on Film. Do you catch uh, Michelle Wolf's um, performance, the White House correspondence thing? Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> I have to tell you, I thought she was... Was she good? Mostly magnificent. And then I saw some other things. I mean, nothing's going to be as sharp as a really good White House correspondence dinner kind of roast. Sure. There's just no set it will have that intensity. But I thought she was fucking fantastic. Right, because I hear she was really offensive. <laughs> Yeah, she actually really wasn't <laughs> offensive. You know, she she had a couple of moments where she was. Oh, you know, she, there was an abortion joke, which uh-huh. is sort of unusual for that setting. Nice. Um, you know, she started out by saying, uh, "I'm 32, so I'm 10 years too young for this um, for this job, and 22 20 years too old for Roy Moore." <laughs> I, I butchered it, but yeah, I thought I she would was. I love a good roast. I, I adore a good roast. I, 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 I like a, a decent. Roast. I, like, I like a bad to decent roast. Get right down to it. But I love yeah. a good roast. It's to me, it's one of the funniest art forms inside a comedy. I think you're right about that, you know. And it's sort of the, it's a weird nature how people get so attached to it because, of course, the people who are, um, you know, she she didn't say one. She said some unkind things about Sarah Huckabee, who I didn't know was Mike Huckabee's daughter. Oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't know that, but but um, she said some unkind things. I guess Jesus but, with a name like that, really. <laughs> but they weren't. I, I know. I didn't know. But they weren't like about her looks, which right. could easily be. The subject will, of... will the bestian, I think it might be a word. <laughs> One uses. Um, yeah, she looks like the, the sort of unpopular well, gang member in a Henry Winkler film. But, wow, but, uh, okay. Well, specific, right. I know. But, but, uh, she's but she's, keeping the books for the gang. She had some sort of line about, like, um, Sarah Huckabee is, is um, really resourceful. She, um, she burns the truth and then uses it as a smoky eyelash <laughs> or eyeliner. Nice. Um, yeah, but I, I thought it was it was masterful. And of course, you know, it just goes right down the fucking line. The people who are conservative are like, that was over. Is, is decency dead? And of course, the people who are liberal are like, it's great because what she was saying was true. And right. it's like, you're all fucking missing you're the point. You're all missing the fucking point. Everybody, <laughs> everybody is not fucking right on this one. Yeah. Here's the thing. Like, Except it's, us. It's, you it's and always, I, Tom. Well, naturally. Yeah. It's always a weird thing about a roast when you pull it, when you do it, when, you, when you're roasting people who aren't yeah. necessarily entertainers. Yeah. You're taking your life into your own hands. Feelings may get hurt. When you're with entertainers, if somebody gets their fucking feelings hurt, yeah. then you get to laugh harder at them because I, fuck them for that. I would say there's a possible civilian exception with politicians because politicians are groomed to not let shit bother them, right? In absolutely. life, you know, but, but they get so much cred no. when they when they when they when they act do bother. It. It's when, just when being they, even when they don't act bother, and they go like, "Well, that was funny," and they can fucking rejoin her back, and you go like, yeah. "Okay, that's a bad, that's a motherfucker right there." But it's like, yeah, but right. this stuff, you know, I mean, what you see with this situation, there's nothing. It's just the politics of each side coming. Yeah, uh, to, it, it's what's wrong with that. It's, it's what's wrong with what's happening today. It is. Oh, what's the matter with kids today? Well, it's a large part. Of it. It's a large part of it. Is that plus planet? Well, planet uh, global warming. Maybe that's part of it too. You know, there's a lot of I, things wrong with the world today, but in America specifically, it's just in, this inability to step away. Or to admit that there's to step away from your own party line, whatever the fuck that may be, yes, and it's Tom, usually full of shit. But the right to adhere absurdly to your party party line, 
I think was brought to and defended by great men like yourself who, you know, I mean, first of all, thank you for your service, sir. Oh, I just want to say that. I just want to say I thank you. For, right. Not as a comedian. No, no, no. I stood on that wall and said, <laughs> you shall not pass roast joke tellers. For those of you who don't know, Tom served valiantly as a naval man. That's I right. I say from 88 to 92. Is that, wrong? that would be exactly right. I was there to uh, to help lose the war on drugs. Mm-hmm. That was my Personally? <laughs> contribution to that particular time period. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. To not get sent to uh, the Gulf War. So Yeah. So, because fuck that. Yeah. Anyways. I don't know. It all uh, somehow has to do with... You're um, welcome for Mike's service. That's, all I really, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> thank you. Thank you again. Uh, has something to do somehow with John bullshit. Houston, specifically this episode, which is a Patreon-only episode for you Patreon oh, subscribers. Oh, fine reserve, thank bitches. Thank you, madam or sir. Sniff, sniff, sniff. Or Nobody gender go, go. fluid individual <laughs> who decided to... Put a five dollar deposit. Fluid. Gender on fluid. Our... I never heard that one. You've never heard gender fluid? No. No. Well, you're not in academia. It's a, that's a yeah, constant I'm, I'm part saved, of our conversations. I'd save that. Yes. Yeah. Um. So. Oh, yeah. So thank right. you for for being a supporter. And this is your gift. The shitty podcast we're about to do. <laughs> this, this, this you're peanut, welcome. This peanut turd loaf that's about to fly. And so we're doing an, uh, <laughs> a, a, an episode on John Houston, but we'll we'll do we more John Houston, but specifically John Houston's war documentary. Three, the big three of his war the documentary. I mean, we know other, you're not interested in it, but we spent a good time, portion of our time at one point being very interested we in We did this. because um, this is the, the famous sort of um, research that Tom and I did a few years ago, and we presented it to some old people in a retirement home in Southern California and then got the brilliant idea that we wanted to go on tour. Take that on the road. Take it from And when you say a few years ago, am I safe in saying a decade? No, no, no. It was like five years ago. Five, come on. A little more? Okay, anyway. Five or six years ago. And yeah, Still. we thought we would do a convalescent hospital tour <coughs> lecturing. and We want to thank you, Hammersmith Odeon. You know- <laughs> We're going to be showing you a couple of movies by John Houston. <laughs> Scream for my shady acres. Scream for my shady Scream acres. For my sh- Don't die on me, shady acres. <laughs> but- Anyway, uh, so we were, uh, well, we walked away so fucking pleased with that. Well, you that. know why? What happened? Cool, what happens? We did a presentation. We got this PowerPoint together, and uh-huh. we had all this sort of stuff, and all our technical uh, equipment busted. Right, right on cue, and we had to scramble for five minutes. And we just decided, we told the old folks, we'll just act everything out, and it was better. Yeah, it was we, basically this. We loved this the study that we did. Yeah, and you know, there's the, early podcast. There's a there's a series on Netflix called Five Came Back, and it's about uh, it doesn't it's include a good movie. it doesn't include it's a series series yeah yeah, right? yeah it doesn't include these the films we're about to talk about, but it includes like the history of all these Hollywood you know directors and filmmakers who who volunteered or were scripted or whatever it was to to um, use their their talents right. to document the war and right. to propagandize the war so you have this whole range of things so like you have like Billy Wilder, Billy Wilder. and um, Alfred Hitchcock who sure. at the end of the war documented the the death Frank, camps Frank Capra was one of them as well Well that's different I just want to I want to classify here so mm-hmm. so you have guys like like Wilder and, and and Hitchcock documenting the death camps, right? And and a lot of stuff wasn't released because it was just considered too rough. Mm-hmm. Then you have Frank Capra who did like you know a, a why whole we series of why we fight, um, and it was pure propaganda, right? right? And so right. you have William it's like Wilder, Irving Berlin shit, like in a documentary. Form. Yeah, exactly. And John Ford doing kind of more of the same. And and yeah. then in the middle of it, I think it's kind of what it interested us was John Houston because John Houston, first of all, is such a unique person anyway, uh, yeah, right? I mean, amazing. he he really. He's, he's like actually Hemingway. He's actually Hemingway. Yeah, right. He I was mean, Hemingway. He was what Hemingway pretended to be. He literally. I mean, well, with the safety 
of John Houston. I mean, Walter Houston being his father. Okay, granted. Okay, yes, but, right. but he did like ride the, the rails yeah. and he did box and hung around Mexico. And right. He was a cavalry officer in the Mexican <laughs> army, apparently. Yeah, and then Walter Houston was, was kind really of that, that type anyway, right? Yeah. And, and so John Houston was naturally going to be that type. Right. And, and he was also a shit. He was also a shit disturber. Yeah. And so it's of course when the, when, the, when the military picked him up and said, "Make movies for us," they sent him to the furthest shit yeah. away from any of the action shit they could initially. Initially, right? So so he he sort of worked his way up through Hollywood. We'll save some of the stuff when we do. A, a sort of straight ahead John yeah. Houston mm-hmm. episode but but by the time he's making his second I think the second major Hollywood film and it's he's trying to recapture the glory of the Maltese Falcon by doing Across the Pacific and right. he has Mary Astor Humphrey just, Bogart which is basically a send up of uh, Maltese Falcon and yeah it's and it's you know it's it's the war has started so yeah. you know he, he's got some sort of um, some background material there to, to make it, to weave a story and he's a great screenwriter and of course he's already propagandizing because the fucking Japanese in Across the Pacific and now oh. this is the documentary we're talking about here we're just sort of setting the scene for like his last film before he does documentaries right um like oh i'm not a kanjo i mean it's really really right. over except, the top except for the hugely americanized japanese guy who's a little too much of both i love coca-cola and clark cable pal <laughs> yeah so so exactly. he, he's making this film across the pacific which is a film i've always enjoyed it's an enjoyable movie it's got a weird ending i've, I've always wondered about how weird this uh-huh. ending was and what happened was houston you know um, I, I guess he shot things sequentially. Yeah. And so he's he's doing like the last 10 minutes of this movie. Right. And um, the War Department calls him up to, to do some documentary you work. To show up this, you need to show up at this point in this time. And he wasn't done with the movie and He yet. wasn't done writing the ending of it. Yep. So he just handed it over to a bewildered like assistant director or something mm-hmm. and said, you finish it. And we, it's got this very strange we, ending. Well, he did more than just that. He deliberately drove that movie into a corner. Mm-hmm. He wanted to make it the most impossible escape, <laughs> like, yep. like a nearly escape-proof fucking ending at the end there. Right. And, and have that poor director have to untangle that shit and make Good it work. John Houston. And you got to love that guy. And, and it didn't work. It's still like it's a weird. Ending. It's just still that movie. That ending is like, what the fuck happened there? But so so 1943 is is um, when our first documentary um, is released, and it's report from the Aleutians. report from the Aleutians. Yeah, and it's I think it's the the islands Adok Island off the Aleutian chain. Yeah, well, there's like the Aleutian chain there. I think it's Adak and like three or four other islands involved in the whole situation. But I think he's centered mostly in the documentary filmmaking. If he's not in the, the <coughs> fighter planes themselves, right. sort of ca- you know capturing the action, he's mostly on the, that. Seemed to be the center point for like refueling and so and and of course it's the nearest sort of point to the the um, Japanese theater. Um, of any sort of Western vantage point, right? Well, yeah, and it, well, it's specifically, it's the only Ooh, piece of American property. Nice. Yeah. Uh, specifically, yeah. it's the only piece of American uh, um, sort of uh, of America that was actually yeah. physically invaded by the Japanese as well. Fair enough. So, so um, you know, it's it's a it's a, a jumping off place, you know, for refueling, for reconnaissance, right. but also for bombers, right? And mm-hmm. and so you know, it's a color. First of all, it's color. Yep. Um, and so he goes there with his camera and there's lots of things that I think feel kind of interesting because again, I, I guess he's, he's filming it sequentially because you could see his master plan unfolding, but the first several minutes of this documentary are all about, um, the sort of wild naturalistic aspect of, hmm. of, of Alaska. Okay, of Alaska and Adak specifically, right? Yeah. And, and yeah. sort of like, you know, the, the, the birds are, you know, he makes a study of the birds and the wind and the mm-hmm. landscape and even the flowers at one point. And then, and then sort of shifts and in this on. peaceful setting, war is horrible footstep. Well, yeah, well then he, he, he sort of launches dramatic. to the next step, which is this, you know, we're still talking about, and a good, <coughs> good way to sort of reference this is if you've ever seen the documentary, the Ken Burns documentary, the war, where it really talks about people at home and, 
and their experience of going uh. to the movie theaters and like getting information, which is really your only way to get visual information of the war. Right. And so after he paces his film by talking about the naturalistic parts, he goes into talking about you know how the magnificent sort of engineering feats of the U.S. Army they they make a, a, a an airstrip. You know how how they get food in there. You know it's very right. sort of like it, it it borders on being a boring documentary for a few minutes, mm -hmm. and then what happens is he starts doing he starts talking about the men specifically, right? The men who were killed. Here's the name. Here's the picture. And right. it's already a little risky because that's mm -hmm. not what we're used to. Remember, this is forty three. It's it's uh, D Day is of. Uh, uh, mid 44 right and it was not until like christmas of 44 around that time before the first pictures of a dead gi on omaha beach reached american eyes right, right and right. so like he's way ahead even by referencing death can i call him can i call him a whiskey soaked like humanist Oh, for sure. Yeah, I think that's kind of that's how I would depict him here, right? I mean, he, he's yeah. into showing the human side of the suffering that's going on. He's not glorifying war. He never tried to glorify war, as far as I can tell. But he tried yeah. to show the human side, particularly the cost to the individual and the little man in the, in the trenches. But what I'm saying is, like, perhaps a forgivable weakness in his the, only this first documentary is that it starts down the path of being the usual propaganda R film, true. and it's almost like he couldn't take it anymore. Jeez. And then, and then events happen, right? Like, like he goes on. Um, goes on a bomber run a bomber run and it's yeah. like it's very frightening yeah I mean it's 1943 grainy shaky film but you are like there like yeah. holy shit there's this a visceral a... quality to the to the cameraman the Ab camera work there that's amazing absolutely drags you in and then of course the, the big event happens right <coughs> which which sort of changes the the, the, the tenor of the film which mm -hmm. is the the pilot coming in on a landing and crashing on the airfield and dying. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. And it's the first, I, to my knowledge, the first time that an actual American GI death is recorded on film, documented. I wonder if that's true. It, well, at least it, it was shady in, in the yeah, opinion yeah, yeah. of a lot of people that, sure, that he yeah. did that. You know, and it, it would goes, be considered bad taste for sure. Well, consider the fact that it, it's really what's about, <coughs> I think, 10 years ago where we lifted the, um, the ban yeah, and on I'm watching people coming home from wars uh, and body draped bags. in, draped yeah. in uh, uh, American flags. Right, of course. Yeah, so I mean, to that Ooh, extent. God help us from the fucking truth, everybody. Well, I'll let that bit of communism pass since you served our country, Tom. Uh, but anyway. So I fucking earned the right to be communist. You Fuck did. all of y'all. Yeah, and Fuck the GI Bill. Fuck you. So I wasted. Yeah. <laughs> so they show the funeral. Um, he's, he's narrating. I mean, the thing is, um, he, he narrates the first two films and, and he's John Houston's voice is, it's one of the great voices of Hollywood. Great fucking voice. It should have been in more let's cartoons, think, frankly. Yeah. Yeah. Let's think like, who are a couple of others? John, uh, what's his name? Uh, for Carradine. Okay. He had a great voice. Sterling Holloway. Well, well, you think so? <laughs> um, Terry Thomas. <coughs> But John fucking Houston, man. Yeah, John Houston. Even Walter had a great voice, but Walter's John beat great. him out at his own game. So, so um, you know, I mean, the rest of the film was really just sort of like takes off from there. And 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 to his credit, having sort of made had that discovery where it's like, you know, what I have to sort of show the ugly side of what's happening here. Mm -hmm. He doesn't abuse it, right? You know, he sort of he has a nice sort of a balance of like, this is the way it's working. This mm -hmm. is what we're doing. I want to inform you back home. And oh, look, this stuff happens. Right. Right. And 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 so this is the inevitable result of what we're doing. Yeah. Now, 
Having said that, you little pussies. Okay. <laughs> if you move Moving on, on to, to 1945's <laughs> Battle of San Pietro, it's actually just called San Pietro, apparently, but but a lot of people refer to it as the Battle of San Pietro. I thought Pietro. it was published under that. Okay, all right. Uh, either way, Fabulous. I mean, it goes by two names. I guess is what I'm saying. And it's, nice. It it um it, now this is an this interesting could be one. Greece or Greece too. I get it. Summer loving. Oh, it happened so fast. Tell me, tell me, tell me more. Okay, so, <laughs> so fucking derailed. Yeah, so um, this is an interesting... I've always found the sort of um, the Italian landscape in World War II, well, and the Italian people in World War II as a sort of interesting thing because it's, it's like... pretty fascinating. Well, they're, on the, they're part of the axis, Yeah. and then suddenly they're not. Yeah. In, in sort of an incremental victory. The, they're part of the axis, and then they're not. And then they're specifically the enemies of the axis, and it, then they're not quite reconciled to working with us either. But the people it's aren't so tra- fucking they're not, bananas. They're not traitors. It's not like, whoever's the victor, I'll go with thee. It's not exactly that simple either. Well, you know? no, it's, no. it's a really interesting thing. So so this is about, um, about the Battle of San Pietro, and, and a few other sort of villages around the area, but there's yeah. a stronghold and a, and a cathedral, I, I guess, on the hill of, of San Pietro. I think, isn't that, isn't that, that's not fucking um, Monte Cassino, is it? I don't think so, no. No, it's not, but it's, in that, it's in that neighborhood, all right? Okay, so so it's, it's. I mean, so many things are really interesting. This one's black and white. It starts off with a three-star general giving a little speech at the beginning. Mark which Clark. Is, he, okay, so General yeah, Clark, he was a commander of the Italian campaign at that point. Basically saying like, yeah, a lot of um, a lot of bad, you know, gruesome things happened, certainly, but hey, <laughs> we want to let you know it's all worth. This reminds me of like we play soccer. <laughs> uh, like Failsafe, the movie right. Failsafe yeah. has this sort of thing at this disclaimer at the beginning about what I mean, there's no real fear of, of nuclear war. Right. And actually Inherit the Wind had one when it first came out about like we respect all religions mm. and it's just sort Even of this, the wrong ones. Yeah. Fuck them. <laughs> it's really Really, this sort of like yeah. cowardly thing that was tacked on that Houston's really, really brave work because Houston talks about so many things in this film. Right. He talks about the individual soldier, not just pictures and not just sort of pictures of them dead, although he gets to that. Yes. But like he, you can see that these soldiers are heroic, patriotic, but also scared. Scared shitless. They're fucking humans. They're, they're humans. They're, they're yeah. humans in a world that's shooting lead through the air at, super, at subsonic speeds a lot. Absolutely, they're not designed for that. And, and so you see things. I, I think Spielberg claimed that that this was at least partly inspirational for that that phenomenal beginning of Saving Private Ryan because yeah. I yeah. mean, Houston has see camera work here following soldiers in and out of these small foxholes. Right. Um, there are a few scenes where you see a soldier like plowed, like shot. Yeah, and and fall. And you're right. like, Holy shit! That is a, a man being person. shot yeah, that's right a, that's there. That's a person who ended right there. Correct. <laughs> Absolutely. And so they are they're sh- they're shitting bricks. They're aware of the camera, right. but but becoming less aware as they're more aware of their mortality. Right. They're going up this hill. Um, all of that sort of stuff is happening. Um, bizarre. I mean, not just realistic, but almost like bizarre firefighting. Like like the level the leveling. Yeah. Of that bu- those buildings. Um, <coughs> Houston then sort of pacing it in a weird way where he then goes weirdly yeah he goes back and forth between like studying the architecture of a building that's whatever part of a building that's intact Mm -hmm. and and watching the sort of peasants of a village sort of come out the children go from being frightened to then being sort of children again right and he intersperses that with pictures of GIs and Italian soldiers be both being loaded into body bags right 
And the, the sort of loaded into body bags. That's a fucking. That must have been an amazing picture back then. The casual yeah. sort of nature with which men who fought alongside with them are stacking them into right. trucks. Yeah, it, it's a brutal, brutal documentary in so many ways. Right, and it, it's a little bit controversial too. I don't know if you've heard about this, but apparently yeah. portions of it were. Uh, the claim is that portions of it were redone later on. Uh, that some that. of it wasn't actually live. Like, not not a lot of it, but mm. certain parts of it, particularly like the calmer scenes of them entering the village. And, and, and some of those that. scenes were supposedly staged after the fact because the camera just wasn't there when it happened. Okay. That's I mean, I don't, I don't know that I don't that's care lying. That, well, I, mean, it, I don't think I don't think... I don't think it is. I don't think... Houston was barely a documentary and filmmaker, and yeah. I don't think... I don't know if people back then had that opinion in the first place, and I know he fucking didn't give a shit one way or the other. Yeah. He would gladly. He was trying to get at the broader truth, and putting a little reenactment into it, I don't think bothered him in the least. Well, I remember talking to a writer years ago about like about telling the truth when you write, like even nonfiction, right? And and he was saying um, kind of something that I've always thought, and that's that like, look, if something happened to you in New York, but you, but for the sake of the the, the scene. You want to say in your writing that that thing that happened, that interaction with that man where sure. you got in a fight, right. happened in Sacramento in a neighborhood. It's still emotionally true, right? Like, let's not be ridiculous here. And yeah. so I think he's playing with that same idea. But but apparently there was a, I, I don't know, um, someone in the Joint Chiefs of Staff or I don't some, of that level who um, walked out of the screening of this film, right? And called it called um, Too brutal. Houston a, a an anti war filmmaker. To which Houston said, "Do you remember?" I think, uh, thank God. No, I don't remember the exact it, words. It, if I ever make a pro-war film, please hang <coughs> please me. Fucking hang me. Right. Okay. Yeah. And it's like that's fucking Houston, man. <coughs> like I said, man, the whiskey-soaked fucking humanist is what yeah. he was. Yeah, he's, definitely. That. He's fucking amazing. And so, and, and I think it was this. Uh, was this one? Was was this the one that went in front of George Marshall? Or is it the last one we're talking about? Uh, it's the last one. It must last have been one. because the last one. Well. It's 1946's Let There Be Light. Let There Be Light. And the last one was suppressed until <coughs> 1980. 1980. And I think it was Jimmy Carter's, like, one of his, the last things, like, this sort of, like, bucket list he had as a president. Like, I'm right. going to make this available to the public again. Because this 1946's Let There Be Light was, I mean, by today's standards, like, just bizarrely, this is how fucked up people can be. Oh, yeah. Was seen as too demoralizing to the American hey, people. let's have a human, let's have a human, let's have a humanitarian approach yeah. to the people. People we sent off to war coming back yeah. from war. So I mean, because that's really what this is. The subject of this film is it's upstate New York, and it's it's um, soldiers Men, who have experienced what they now what they call PTSD, shell shock. They call we, PTSD now. Yeah, I mean they're just right. they're damaged by the war in, in many different ways. They yeah. have like um, a bio, one, guy, one guy is is blind essentially. He can't see. Another guy can't remember. Another guy can't walk. Another guy can't he shakes speak at all. Yeah. And oh, that fucking speaking the, one! Oh. Jesus Christ! Those are, those, those are like the more extreme examples, but but in the in, right in the the beginning. So so he paces his film in, in all these different ways. It starts with, you know, um, <coughs> let's talk to the group of men who are like an, an announce, and it's very it's meta, like, a, like, like an intake party. Let's you know, don't be afraid of these cameras. They're merely documenting what's happened. Please right. get used to them. And then some of the sort of sessions that they have with the army psychologists, mm -hmm. and of course, you know, by today's standards, the army psychologists who are trying their best are pretty still pretty fisted uh, Well. It's okay. I have nothing wrong with crying. Uh, you know, faggot. Yeah, <laughs> faggots love to cry. One of the and so the, all these sort of interviews with people. And what's interesting is that it is unlike the army itself. 
the it was integrated. This hospital, there were yeah, black, right. you know, Hispanic, mm-hmm. white. Well, didn't like Houston like in, didn't he like push for that in this particular he production? Did. Yeah. Well, okay, we'll get to to what what was undone about that later. But mm-hmm. but in this in this version, you know, one of the first things you have this African American soldier who talks about what he calls nostalgia. He, he says, "I believe in your profession. You call it nostalgia." And he'd received a picture in the midst of this horrific sort of experience he'd had. He received a, a picture of his sweetheart, right? And it just sent him over the edge. And yeah. so, he, and then what's happening is all these men feel conflicted. It's like not only are they damaged, and they mm-hmm. know they're damaged. They're, there's something wrong with them. They're being damaged they're because they're supposed to be men, right? They're and, ashamed of it. And so you see that initially in this film. It's it's really very touching the way they describe their own scenario, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that's part of it. And right. it's it's really interesting sort of camera work to sort of feel like yeah, you're getting all the information in a in a session, a therapy session but mm-hmm. it's not intrusive right it's uh, not intrusive and it's not and it, and it doesn't pretend to be hmm i guess there's a certain sense one of the things that houston was trying to do was to show that these men could be perform outside of yeah. you know back in the civilian life and so yeah. there's a certain sense in which he shows a progression uh-huh. in their treatment but he, but but there's no i don't i don't think there's any kind of fundamental dishonesty in the way they portray that I, so yeah. Tell me if I'm wrong about that. No, there, I, I there are, agree. there's often like there's opportunities for them to definitely abuse that, and I think uh, I think if you, if you were in the wrong glasses, you can you you would see that. But I don't think that's the no. case in this movie. I don't think there's anything. There's some really about touching the movie. fucking moments. There there are a couple of moments that are like very <coughs> 1946 in terms of like a slightly misguided. So it's like you know Walter Houston, his da- his dad is the one who narrates this one, right. and, and so it's like. There'll be like a three-minute segment on part of the men's like um, road back to recovery is to like um, learn craft skills, and it's like yeah, well, I don't think that's really relevant at all. Yeah, but it just came from killing each other in the chow line from boredom. <laughs> but they tell their stories, and and then of course they have these sort of psychosomatic. Um, episodes and this, by the way, this could have been handled like a like a snake, you know, like an oil salesman or a, yeah. a, a snake handler. You know, it's like um, walk, walk. You know, it's right, like it's not right, handled right. that way. No. It, they, they bring them through hypnosis and 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 therapy, and and some of them learn to walk, to talk. When the guy to learns speak. to walk, no, when the guy learns to speak, that's oh, the great one. It's that's like the one. He's like, so amazed at the fact that he can oh, speak shit, again. I can speak? Are you shit? Like yeah. Fuck, it's so touching, man. Yeah, you, and you can't. You, you what a fuck, what what a what a non-human being you would be not to be touched by that, to be moved by that. What a cunt. Yeah. So were you? I'm, I'm unclear. What you're no, I'm in. saying I'm a human. But you've heard that other in. people. The proof is in, fucker. Okay. Um, so anyway, all of these are public domain. They're all available in like really good prints at the level of YouTube. Although yeah. you can find them at other places as well. I mean, of the three, I th- I wouldn't, I'm going to go. They're all good. They're all yeah. worth watching. Yeah. Let there be light. I think is extraordinary and should be watched by everybody. It's like the most important. You know, it's yeah. right up there with um with Errol Morris's um The Fog of War. Have you seen that? The documentary with Robert yeah, McNamara. Yeah, Robert McNamara. Uh, absolutely. Like people in Porky's the Pentagon. Revenge. Fuck. Like these movies. <laughs> you need to watch them. You need to watch Last them. American Virgin. It, these are films that like I, I think. Um, people Fog who of the, Porky's Last War. People at the Pentagon should be like it should be required right. viewing. To, to right, be and we that. brought up George C. Marshall, who was the head of the army, who was the head of the army at yeah. the, during World War II. Uh, when they suppressed the movie, Marshall was of the opinion that they should show it to fucking everybody. Yeah, to really let people know what's going on. What's on the line? Yep. This is what's happening. All three of them have that quality in stages, but this one, of course, um, the That's, most. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, okay. Any? Um, we obviously don't have to um, beg you to be a Patreon subscriber since you are one already. You just want to double dip, dog. and we don't. We don't worry about. We love you too. Insurance, insurance. Mm. Um, um, let's see. Uh, yeah, you certainly can rate and review us on iTunes. Please, that would be fabulous. We really could use the help on that. You, you have a little business, don't you, Tom? To raise our awareness and our profile in the world of podcasting, and in order to do that, you might want to check out little tomsmithcomedy.com to check out and see where I am playing next. Oh yes. Um, well, Apparently, think- a fucking tuberculosis ward. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, Tommy. Oh, boy. 